You know, Christmas is filled with moments that we get to be excited about. Like right now, we had our first snow. Yes. How many of you guys are excited about our first snow? Come on yeah. now. I love the look of fresh snow, the nice blanket of white. Kind of makes everything. Kind of makes everything look beautiful, doesn't it? Yeah, gets and, you excited for Christmas. And I'm super excited to have Kasha up here uh, sharing with me today. Uh, she is like my cohort in uh, crime. I mean, ministry. Um, <laughs> she's she's the one who keeps us on track, who keeps everything going, keeps us focused. She's actually been working here at the church with me since September, full time. Um, volunteering and just coming in and, and basically matching my hours almost, which is actually more than full-time. Uh, if you wonder, <laughs> do pastors work? Yes, we actually do. There's a little bit to uh, this every week. In fact, uh, we bought this message today uh, that we're using today. We bought it online. and um, <laughs> We did not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. We did not. Uh, there's hours upon hours that upon hours. That would be hours. fabulous, right? Man, it would be great oh, if you could just if you could just type in like <laughs> subject, you know, like a uh, message like this, and then someone would write it for you. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> but but then you wouldn't know it, and you wouldn't have it. So there you go. But based on today, I really thought it'd be good to have Kasha up here to give a lady's perspective. Yeah, because like Pastor Brian last week, I don't know how many of you guys were here, but he did the pregnant waddle. Did you guys notice? his pregnant waddle. So I figured maybe I could help you out on the woman side of thing. I'm not saying that it was the worst waddle, but I don't know if it was quite accurate. Well, why don't you do the waddle for no, us? No, that's okay. I already told you I'm not waddling for you. <laughs> I mean, I've been working 20 years on this thing right here so I could have that moment of waddling. But uh, the beauty is, is this, is that um, as... As fellas in the house, let me just kind of speak to the fellas for a minute. Man, I am so thankful for uh, the women that God has, has placed in our lives, from our mothers to sisters to, to uh, other ladies, like to a, a beautiful wife. I mean, God has placed ladies in our lives, fellas, and there's a reason for it. And I think part of that reason is, is because they're always helping each and every one of us. And I mean, they're constantly, they're constantly cleaning up after us. They're constantly lending a helping hand. They're constantly doing all these things to, to kind of make sure that as guys, we keep moving ahead and keep our eyes focused. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it is a, a lot of work. But uh, this week, my wife uh, rocked out our staff and board Christmas party that we have at our house. And uh, before this year, she's like, you know, Brian, we're going to have 27 people. That's a lot of people to feed. Mm. And uh, she, she doesn't just, you know, go to the store. She makes the lasagna, hand makes it. She <laughs> makes all of the desserts. Uh, I mean, the cheesecake kind of, it's the oven's fault, though. It is totally the oven's fault. Totally. Which means I have to buy a new oven. The cheesecake only cooked, like, halfway through, so... Pastor Brian had to come to my rescue and go buy some from Aldi. <laughs> but I did make tiramisu, and, and that was, turned out good. Yeah, but, it, was all, yeah. it was all really good. But, <laughs> but the thing that's so cool about the Christmas season is it brings us together, right? And so we're constantly hanging out with people. We're constantly having relationships and, and, and get-togethers and parties. And when I think back to our Christmases together, it, 
I don't know, it just makes me smile because we've had some great moments. We've had some great memories. Great, great memories. Yeah. We've had lots of laughs, but we've also had moments of frustration. Around the holidays, there could be this fun and excitement, but there's also been times where we felt as like parents or even daughters and sons, like we have felt like we have failed. Now, I was trying to think of like maybe an epic failure that's happened at Christmas, and I couldn't really think of something that was really epic, but I do know that our kids have been disappointed time and time again because they didn't get the gift that they thought they should have. Now, right? here, it's true, and, so, and one of the things for me is I, I love to wrap gifts not. Not. I don't like to wrap gifts. In fact, um, I would say this. Is there any guys out there in the house you like to wrap gifts? A few of you? All right, a few of you. All right, well, Pastor Brian's not the worst at wrapping gifts, but he could have a little improvement in wrapping the gift area. So I thought it'd be fun to see some pictures of some maybe Christmas failed wrapping of presents. So take a look at this first one. Come on now. That's a, that's a good wrapping job right there, babe. So I, I will give props to the paper bag because, you know, when you don't have wrapping paper, the paper bag is great to go to. Um, the duct tape on the outside, I maybe would have came up with a different option. And but, maybe check some spe spelling. Like, I'm not for sure. Is, is that, that supposed to be mom? Is it Mel? Maybe it's maybe Mel. It's, or Mel. I don't know. But, you know, brown paper bag, you could really dress it up, right? You could add some ribbon and some bows, but I'm pretty sure a dad did that. That, that, that looks or like Or maybe a, a kid it that looks couldn't like a find dad. the wrapping it paper. It looks like a dad wrapping job. Yeah. So, okay, we got another one up here. This one, this one reminds me of me. I could do that. <laughs> Lots of variety on the So gift. what I think happened is that the mom gave the dad or the kids like the basket of goodies, right? Okay, here's some ribbon, here's the tape, here's, you know, the bows, and I need you to wrap this gift. But I think they just were like, let's just use it all. Like, got I mean, three different kinds of ribbon on there, and look, there's twine around yeah, it. Yeah, you got to secure the gift. And then, like, two bows, not just one. Like, this must be like a really special gift, right? It's something special. Yeah. So, yeah. It's something special. Okay, so the next one here. Come on now. Like, what is this all about? <laughs> this is a good gift. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the kid really likes horses. Yeah, because it's Christmas, but there's like horseshoes. And, and then the brown <laughs> packing tape. Like, we couldn't run to the Dollar Tree and like pick up some clear tape. Well, they had packing tape there, so they used yeah, it. Maybe they were moving. I it's don't know. It's semi-clear. You can kind of see through it. Yeah, and then what I think is funny is I'm pretty for sure that's like, hello, my name is, name tag up there that they use for the to and from <laughs> gift tag. And I'll just say this dad was, was intuitive. Resourceful. He, there you go. That's a more better yeah, word. Yeah, maybe resourceful. The more better word. My, <laughs> the more my the language word. word is not working. <laughs> So, uh, hey, here's this, here's this next one. This one, um, I don't think this is like a bad <laughs> wrapping job. Okay, so if you like surprises, like this was an epic fail because obviously you know what you're getting, right? <laughs> but it looks pretty, right? Like they took the time and wrapped it all nice. But Pastor Brent, I really don't like getting gifts like that for Christmas because I feel like you should get that you know, not at Christmas time, like 
But when else am I supposed to get you your vacuum? And when else am I supposed <laughs> to get you like those things you really love? Yeah, I really love the vacuum. We have, yeah, partnership going on. No. <laughs> no. Now, no. if there was a ring inside of that pan, oh. yeah, there we go. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe they hid jewelry inside yes, of it. Yes, maybe they did. Stolen jewelry no. inside of <laughs> the... Inside they were of, hiding it from the police. They were. Yeah. What police officer would ever look inside of that? Oh, that, my goodness. That's, that's what I would be thinking. Yeah. Well, I, you know, <laughs> speaking of Christmas failure, Kasha and I, like... I was thinking about this. We fail every year to Almost get Christmas cards yeah. out. Anyone ever? Anyone like anyone, still do Christmas cards? Like you fail to get Christmas like cards out? Like you print the pictures off or you actually do a handwritten card? And like, so we get in the mail, we get people, you know, they, they send us these Christmas cards and it's great. You know, their, their dog is posed just perfect. Yes. Everyone's perfect on it. Like, and I was thinking, you know, for the Henleys, that's not normally us. And so a few years back when we did one of our Christmas cards, we did a Christmas card, and it was called The Mustaches. The Mustache Christmas? Mm -hmm. Yes. And it looked look like that right there. So one of our traditions is to have stockings. Like, we fill the kids' stockings, and the mustaches were in there. But I think it's funny. I'm pretty for sure Gabe has, like, a black eye. <laughs> I think he fell on a skateboard or something. And Jordan looks like she's scared. And then I look like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> like, maybe I didn't have my coffee yet. And, I didn't and then you look like you robbed a store. <laughs> like, you've got the robber hat on. You forgot that you were supposed to be wearing the Santa hat. I, I, I did. Yeah. I look legit there. Yeah, you do. Could you imagine me? Woo, man. Oh, yeah. Rocking like out the Like the Faye stash. Martin stash. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, so babe, I was I was kind of I was kind of looking through and I was thinking of some ideas for us for Christmas cards. So oh, maybe we really? could, okay. maybe we could get ahead of it. So like it's this December one December 10th. Okay. Yep. This one I call the lineup. The lineup. <laughs> the nice. lineup. So I was hmm. thinking, you know, we could all do it. You know, I could wear that. I mean, wouldn't what I look I would look great. In a, in a whole outfit like that right there? A onesie? A like, onesie. No. I mean, come on. Men are wearing rompers. I, I'm sorry, but I don't think anybody looks good in a onesie. Like, I just, yeah, it's just not a good, good option. Yeah. Well, if I wasn't wearing that, you could at least wear that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Santa, baby. <laughs> come on. Yeah, there you go. All right, so here, here's the next one I was thinking since we have teenagers. Uh, Silent Night. We'll call it Silent, Silent night. night. Yes. I really like this one. I think we could go somewhere with this, wrapping the kids up with Christmas lights. I think the boys would probably maybe go for that. Maybe. I don't know. It Jordan would definitely You know what it would probably be? Is the picture would probably be us wrapped up. A silent night. <laughs> and then the kids next to us, you know. The next one is called All Stuck Up. All Stuck Up. Yes. So I was thinking, I was thinking if, we, if we put the kids, we could stick them up on the wall, duct tape them up there, uh -huh. and then we could just sit back. And drink Verner's or something. Yes. And that'd <laughs> While be, on the couch. Yeah, that'd back, be a good relax. one. And, uh, pretty for sure that probably one of my favorites. Okay. Until I realize that there's only five of us and you have to have six in order to pull this picture off is, um, is this. It's, it's called the living tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Like, yeah, I, see, I, that, that guy has a little bit, he has a belly like me. <laughs> I can picture me like sitting there right in the front and you guys there. And maybe, maybe you could be at the top with the little star on the head and the, yeah. the earmuffs. And 
I don't know what that purple tinsel. I don't know. Like I was kind of wondering, purple at Christmas time. Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. Like. It would be super funny, though, if somebody did a card like that and we're, like, opening it up and we're like, oh, so, <laughs> they did the living tree this year. So because of the fact that we're constantly failing at Christmas and getting mm-hmm. cards out, maybe you could not fail at Christmas cards this year and you could try to pull this one off. Like, I, I, think, that, I think the Ayers family, they have enough to pull <laughs> off the Christmas they, tree. They could do a they bigger could, tree. They could do a bigger base on the bottom. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, they're they right might, over there. They might you actually guys... want to do the silent night, though. They might actually want to. That's true. They may, they may want to do that. But These pictures are super funny. They like, are. But I just don't know if that's quite for us. So we might not succeed at getting the Christmas cards out this year. I don't know. I it's think December 10th, so. I just think we're not very really good at that. <laughs> we're just not. We, we've just accepted we're Christmas failures. Yes. Exactly. Have you ever felt like things were out of control or things didn't turn out the way that you thought they would? The story of Christmas is filled with moments where people failed. In fact, last week we were talking about um, people who failed to see. And we were looking at how people throughout the Christmas story failed to see others. They failed to see the extraordinary, what God was doing among them. And then they even failed to see themselves in the Christmas story. And The thing that I think that's really interesting about this idea of failing is that I think many times we all struggle with feeling like we're failing at Christmas. So this week we want to look at the Christmas story through the eyes of Joseph and Mary, specifically looking at maybe where they felt like they failed to provide. And so I'll be Mary and you'll be Joseph. (laughs) Is that how it works? No. (laughs) But here's the thing. The story of Christmas starts way before the manger with Mary and Joseph. Yeah, it's a story of God's provision. It goes back to the beginning, to the book of Genesis. You see, God was the original provider. He was the one that in the beginning provided everything. I mean, in fact, every day he provided everything that Adam and Eve would need. Everything from the nourishment they would take in to the companionship to even having the job, the focus. Like, hey, you're going to name this animal. You're going to name this one. I mean, think about it. I mean, Adam's job was to walk with God in the morning, hang out with him. Sounds and like then, a good deal. you know, kind of hang out with God throughout the day. And then, then God would bring animals by. And then he would be like, yo, uh, giraffe. <laughs> he'd look over at this one, he'd be like, Aardvark, which I don't know how he got that one. But he's just sitting there going through all these names, naming the different animals and stuff. And then yet, all of a sudden, a moment of disobedience, a moment of him trying to do things on his own and not allowing God to provide for him. And that's really what it boiled down to. The whole lie from the beginning that Satan was giving to Adam was this, is that once you eat of the fruit, you'll become like God. That you'll know things that God knows. And the problem with that was then Adam began to think, man, there are some things that I would really like to know. There are some things that if I could take them into my own hands, you know, it, it, it could actually be maybe better. And so all of a sudden sin then enters the world. And that changed everything. So through the disobedience of Adam and Eve, sin entered the world. In Genesis three sixteen, it says, to the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbirth. Yay! Thank you, Eve, right? Thank you. I just love you so much. Thank you, God, for cursing us and childbearing, right? Well, 
Because they're, you know, I didn't think pregnancy was all that bad. I loved, I loved being pregnant. Honestly, I love being pregnant. I would love having, like, lots of kids, but Pastor Brian's like, we're done, you know. But I was like, I love that part. But pain and childbearing is no joke. No joke. No joke. No joke. And then it continues to say, in pain you shall bring forth children. Yes, in pain. Unless you get the epidural. I'm just saying, it's a little less pain. Or maybe you took some of those classes on breathing and how to have your focal point, and if you have your focal point, it helps you think on that, and you just, all the other pain fades away. That's what they try telling you, right? That's how it was for me. <laughs> so what Jordan, Pastor Brian, decides to take like a little nap on the couch. I was tired. <laughs> tired of setting? Tired of waiting, I guess? It was a two days. Yes, Jordan you. did not want to come into this world. She, she took a little long. And then the fact that, here's what's funny. The guy doesn't even, so the guy's saying, hey, uh, it looks like your wife's in a little bit of pain. And I'm like, yeah, she is. And then he's like, I think it's just a normal thing. And she's over there. She's like, <gasps> she's breathing. That's not how she was breathing, but it was kind of. <laughs> That's great, babe. Well, you were, you were... We didn't take the classes, obviously. <laughs> no, no focal point. We didn't. But I do know how to look at a machine and see whether the machine has been turned on or off. Mm -hmm. And so after like 40 minutes of Kasha sitting there still in like major labor and still like going through it, the guy comes back in, checks everything, and I look at him and I said, hey, is this device right here that delivers the medicine through the spot in her spine... The epidural is is that machine supposed to be on? And he looks at me and he's like, Oh, I forgot to turn it on. So And then the epidural came out. Yeah. And so then he's like, Well, we'll see. The epidural may not have gone in the spot, so we'll wait another thirty minutes, and then we'll wait another thirty minutes. And then he comes in, and he's like, Okay, I really shouldn't be doing this right now, but if you can stay really still, yes. I'll see if I can get the needle back in. Now just know if for something goes wrong, you could be paralyzed. <laughs> Great job, buddy. <laughs> that was our first child. So that was no quite, big deal. Quite the experience. But but here's the thing is that the scriptures, you know, are talking about the fact that childbirth is this painful thing. I mean, Mary would have been going through a lot of pain. Now, I know I've done some research on this mm. whole subject of Mary being in pain, and I know, like, there are certain, certain people who would believe that Mary had no pain. Yes, because um, she was the chosen one she to was, carry you know, the Son of God. And, and that she would have been in no, no pain sin, whatsoever. No pain, like, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I mean, I wasn't there. <laughs> so I, I can't say, but, but I, think, I think she did go through some pain. Yeah, and the scripture continues to say, your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. So I was kind of intrigued by that word contrary. So we did a little word study. So in the Greek, contrary is translated in many different places in the Bible as hostile encounter. So your desire shall be to be hostile encounter with your husband. Nice. So this is what happens from the curse in the fall. Um, against. Your desire shall be against. Break the law. You're going to break the law when you kill your husband. 
contradict or speak against. Oppose. I think we've opposed. We've had some opposition. You've opposed me, but I rule <laughs> over you. On the other hand, and then addition to. So here's the thing. Because of the fall, the cards have been stacked against us in our relationship. And we have this constant battle going in our minds and in our hearts and our actions when we live outside of Christ. We can fail to provide love and respect for our husband. And so from the very beginning, what's happening is, is we're struggling in our relationship. So then on top of that, throw in the Christmas season. On top of that, throw in <laughs> trying to provide for your family. You have a and recipe. And being happy doing it, right? Exactly. You have a recipe for disaster because what's happening is, is you and I, we're always struggling. We're struggling to provide. We're struggling to, to make amends. There's, there's a constant tension. And, and, and I love Kasha, and she's fantastic, but we are very different. Oh, yeah. Very different. She thinks very differently than me. Like, our notes are laid out differently. She wants the notes to be written out how she would say it in its entirety. I want just a bullet. Like, just give me a little chunk, and then from there, we'll go somewhere. It'll be amazing. She wants it all spelled out. So as we were even working on this message, there was moments of tension. Moments where we were struggling mm. in there. Moments and where... Opposition. Hostile. Hmm. I don't know if it was hostile, but it might have got a little heated. It was a hostile encounter. <laughs> but you won. We only got bullet points on the notes. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so verse 17, it continues to say... Now, this is all from, the, this is all from sin. This is all... Because a consequence of sin. So not only is childbirth there, not only is this this moment where the husband will rule over, there'll be this contrary moment, but it also says this. It says, Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. What it's talking about is that it will take work. It's hard work to provide for our families. Sometimes it seems like the things that we put our hands to, in some ways it seems like they're cursed. It's like, man, every time I'm trying to do this, every time I try to get ahead, it seems like this is falling backwards. Someone mm -hmm. the other day was, was saying, I'm trusting God in tithing in my mm -hmm. life. And they had made a decision to tithe on something in their life. They, they had sold their home. Mm -hmm. And it was, a, like, it was a big chunk of money that they were tithing on. And they said, literally, we made the decision that we were going to tithe on it. And they said, as we were driving to close on the home, our car broke down. And they were like, it, it felt like mm. there was something that was coming against it. And they drove it there all the way in second gear. Yep. Made it to the closing. And still said, we're going to trust God in this yeah. area because we know the, the needs God that are in our lives. That's amazing. The scriptures continue to say, Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. You shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. What it's talking about is work is hard. To provide for our families is hard. It takes hard work. But the beauty of it, the mm. beauty of the gospel, the beauty, the good news is, is, that, is that if we'll trust God in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of the things that we're struggling to provide, what God does is God always comes in and takes care of those details. He takes care of all the, the little tiny details. Because when we fail to provide and it becomes a struggle for us, what God does is God comes in and says, no, no, I got you. Yes. Just like he says that to you and I all the time. Like, Brian, Kasha, if you'll put me first, I've got you. And not even if you'll put me first. 
He still has us, even when we're making mistakes. He does. He loves us that much. And since sin entered the world, man and woman have struggled to provide. Ever felt like you're struggling to provide? This Christmas season, it could be real easy to look around and see what others are doing and feel like you're a failure, like you don't measure up. Just think about how many things, I don't know if you women ever pin things on Pinterest. Any I've Pinterest? pinned some things on Pinterest. You have? It's not just a guy's Pinterest, oh. I mean girl's Pinterest. Well, I pin a lot of things on Pinterest yes, and do. I see a lot of really awesome ideas, but I don't always follow through and do them. And I feel like sometimes I'm trying to find ideas to help like save money or whatever. So I'm constantly feeling like we're struggling to provide. And it's a constant battle since the fall. But the good news is Jesus left heaven, came to earth to provide for us. And that's really what the Christmas story is all about. And the reason why we talk about Genesis and really look back to that is because the Christmas story has been going on long before. The Christmas story is the story of how God provided for you and I. He saw to it that you and I were separate from the Father. And so what he did is he sent his son Jesus to be born to a virgin named Mary, to live a sinless life, to then die upon the cross, then three days later to rise from the dead. Why? So that you and I could have eternal life, so that you and I could have a personal relationship with the Father, so you and I could be forgiven of sin. That's what the Christmas story is all about. And so when we read on the pages of Luke chapter 2, this story unfolding, what we see is a story of God's provision unfolding. Mm -hmm. It really is. How even though Joseph and Mary would have felt like they were failing to provide, this is a story of God's provision. Here's what it says. It says, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Yeah, think about the birth. Here they are traveling, and they had traveled for... It's estimated eight to ten days because the journey would have been over a hundred miles, depending on what route they and took. And she is pregnant. Yes. I mean, she is. Oh, no, yes. I don't waddle, do, do the waddle. No, no, no. It's do okay. Do the waddle. I was thinking maybe if I did it, you would do it. No. Remember, I'm short. Once you get on the stool, it's really hard to get off. Oh, yeah, you're get up back there. On. Okay, it's true. Yeah. Gotcha. So here's this moment, though, where they're having to travel eight to ten days, a hundred miles. Mary's probably walking. I know we always put her on a donkey, but... She might have been. I don't know. I mean, maybe, but... Maybe. Chances are she was probably walking. But here, Mary is by herself. She doesn't have any family around. She's in an unfamiliar place. But Joseph's there, right? And there's definitely this failure to provide that's happening. So what we want to do is we want to focus in real quickly on three areas where Joseph and Mary probably felt like they had failed to provide. And I think as we unpack these three things, we might be able to relate to at least one, maybe two, maybe all three of them during this Christmas season ourselves. Because stability is one big thing. Like there was a failure to provide stability. And then gifts was the other failure. And then the third would be safety and attention, and we'll kind of unpack those. But, but to kind of start with, let's talk about failing to provide stability. When I think about Joseph, I I think about this guy who was trying to provide stability to his wife. They find themselves in his hometown. They've had to travel while his wife is... is, Well, not wife yet, but I get what you're saying. I mean, he was betrothed to her, which means that there was a legal agreement. In fact, if he was to not, he would have to divorce her. 
That's why the scriptures actually say that he was thinking of divorcing her quietly. Right. Was because technically in their culture, they were married. Yeah. And I won't get into all the other things that scholars say in there, but there's a lot of other things that scholars say about that. But he's struggling for a place to provide for his wife. He's struggling to, to provide a place where she can give birth in like this nice place. Like, hey, this is, this is my aunt's house. You can give birth here. This will be great. But there's no place anywhere. Mm -hmm. There's no stability. Things seem out of control. He can't provide the stability. There's no midwife. There's no room. There's no warm blanket. There's not even really a shelter for her. He feels like things are out of control. Ever felt like you couldn't provide stability for your family? Ever felt like even this Christmas season, like it's like, man, how, how can I provide stability in the midst of things constantly changing? Maybe there's been a job change. Maybe there's been an income change. Maybe there's been family change. Maybe, maybe things aren't going the way that you thought they would be. Maybe, maybe the happily ever after picture you painted a few years ago actually has some not so happily ever happy. Happily, Happily ever, ever after, after moments <laughs> inside of it. Like things are out of control and you can't do anything to fix them. You're anxious about the future. You're, you're worried about your kids and your family. You're, you're struggling to be able to pay for things and, and you're obsessed with, with how you're going to provide. Hmm. Joseph would have struggled with not being able to provide. In fact, I think in a lot of ways, Joseph could have easily felt like a Christmas fail. I can't even provide a place for her. I can't even provide the stability she needs. But I love the story of, of Christmas because what we see in the midst of the story is Joseph finds strength from somewhere. There's somehow that Joseph finds this inner strength. And I believe it's because the Lord strengthened him. I believe it's because he had this encounter with an angel that, that was, was a miraculous moment for him where he's like, okay, this makes sense. This is I mean, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense, you know? Like, that's probably how he would have felt. And, and so it's unfolding. And, in, and maybe he would have thought back to other passages of Scripture. Maybe he would have thought of, like, Psalm 62, where it says this, For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock, my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. That's so good to remember that during struggles and times of hardship that we can trust God. He's our rock. He's our fortress. In Proverbs 10.9, it also, or it says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. When we walk with God, we can have that stability in him. We can trust him through each and every situation. But when we step outside of that and we try doing things on our own, that's when we fail. And Mary herself would have struggled. I mean, think about it. She would have been struggling the whole time with stability as well. Like the inn is full? Are you kidding me? I'm about ready to have a child and there's people all around and I have no place to deliver the Son of God? I found a, I found a trough over here. <laughs> Will this work? Hey, it might. Joseph, I'm getting ready to have this baby, and this is not how I thought things would go. Since the angel visited, their life wasn't the same. Life feels very unstable right now, but... Joseph and Mary had to remember that they were a part of a bigger story. 
In fact, let me challenge you with something today, and that is this, is that you're a part of a bigger story. Your story isn't just your story. You're a part of God's big picture story. When we look and we, and, and, and Kosh and I love interacting the scriptures this way, is like when we think about Samson, like in the Bible, and, and Samson had great strength, right? And so we tell the story, you know, to our kids. We say, Samson was strong and the Philistines did all these great things. He had superhuman strength, right? And when we talk about Samson, it's easy just to talk about Samson. But what we have to remember is Samson was a part of God's big story. God was the one who gave Samson the strength. And so Samson was just a a small sliver of God's big story that's been unfolding. Our life, my life, Kasha's life, is just one small sliver in God's big story. But God's story has always been a story of provision. The angels would have declared what would happen, and they would declare, hey, listen, you need to be faithful no matter what. Because following God's plan instead of our plan provides stability. So the second area that we feel like maybe they thought that they failed in was in the area of gifts. Here he's, he, go ahead. <laughs> he's the king of kings. Mary would have wanted to provide her child with some kind of gift, right? Whenever um, we have children, there's these big baby showers and all these gifts are given, but they didn't have that. We don't know exactly how she would have felt, but one thing she did was she wrapped him in the swaddling clothes. So we know that she was trying to take care of him, but that kind of implies that there wasn't a gift. There wasn't grandma's blanket that was handed down from generation to generation to wrap the king of kings in. There was no cute little outfit, you know, that you take your child home from the hospital and you get this cute little picture. There was no soft bed for him to lay in that maybe we would have purchased at Target or Babies or Us or something like that. And her mom wasn't even there to be with her to experience this. But she did give what she had. She paid close attention to Jesus and she cared for his needs. She gave herself to him. She nourished him. She held him. She gave what she had and she trusted God for the rest. I mean, have you ever wanted to give your kid a gift only to discover that you really couldn't afford it? You really couldn't provide it? It, it seemed like bigger than anything else. When I think about our kids, I, I think about when they were little. And, and the, here's the beauty when your kids are little, right? Remember the days when you could give your kids a box and all it had to do was be wrapped. There didn't even have to even be anything in it. All they wanted to do was to open up the box didn't matter if there was a gift inside of it, because what we would do is we'd get our kids gifts. I remember Jordan, our first Christmas with Jordan, <laughs> we went out and bought all these Christmas presents. And Kasha went nuts at Target back in the day. I think it was Children's Place. I bought oh, her a bunch of clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And it and was she like she couldn't even like unwrap gifts. It was it was crazy. She like chewed on the edge of the box. I have a picture of her like gnawing on the edge of the box. It was just yeah. And then even as she got older, we still didn't learn our lesson, and we still kept doing it. But here's what I know about gifts, though. My kids now have grown, and they don't want boxes. <laughs> they don't even want things wrapped. They want x They want, like, <laughs> expensive things, like phones. My daughter wants a car. <laughs> In fact, last Christmas, yes. this is a true story. So funny. We gave her a purse. Yeah, a nice purse. Mm-hmm. 
And so here we were thinking, oh, we're going to get her a purse. Well, she saw the purse, and she thought for sure it had keys in it. She thought she was getting a car. <laughs> and so, and I actually, I do remember this. I remember her saying to us, oh, I was hoping I was going to get a car, and I just laughed. <laughs> and she was kind of, like, she thought maybe she wouldn't, but she kind of deep down inside was hoping for that. Because you kept asking her, so if you could have a car, what kind of car would it be? Because I'm trying to prepare for the day later when she maybe <laughs> does get a car and stuff. And it's hard, you know, because she wants to work. She wants to do those things. And I keep telling her, I keep saying, sweetie, you need to, you need to just focus on school. Don't worry about those things right now. You get to work the rest of your life. And, <laughs> and the reality of it is, is it's, not, it's not all cracked up, is it? Come on. But she wants money for a car. She does. Yeah. And so the thing is, is sometimes we feel like the gifts that we want to provide for our kids, it, it just, they feel like they're out of reach. It feels like we're not going to be able to, to provide for them. Yeah. Mary gave a gift that only she could give. She gave the gift of developing Jesus. Now, I don't even know how that works because he's the son of God, but she did what she could. And so I was reading this story about a mom who was super frustrated. She was struggling. She was feeling overwhelmed with raising her kids. Every time she saw her kids, they were doing something naughty. And she was just like, oh, man, like I'm the worst mom. I need to do something about this. So she started reading this article about how people mine and dig for gold. You see, in order to get to the gold, you have to dig through the dirt. And this kind of light bulb moment went off in her head, and she said, maybe that's kind of how it is for my kids. That the frustrations that she has with them is maybe the dirt that's being dug up, and then once that's removed, it would help her to get to the gold in each of her kids. Maybe the real gift she could give is helping her children find the gold. I know that kind of sounds cliche, but each of us have gold inside of us. Each of us have talents and gifts that God has given us. And in Psalms 139, 13 through 14, it says, For you formed my inner parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. God placed gold in all of us. He created us wonderfully. And Mary knew the greatest gift that she could give was helping Jesus become who God had created him to be. And that's one of the greatest gifts that we can give our kids, besides salvation, is that we could help them discover the gold in each of them, the gifts that God has for them, and begin encouraging and developing those gifts inside of them. And, so, and God, God will help you through that. And one of the things I love so much is, like, when I think through our kids and I think through just what we've given them through the years. We've, we've tried to provide for them with different gifts. And what's crazy is you'll get them the gift and then the next, <laughs> the next week they want a different gift. But one thing I can say that Kasha and I have actually done fairly well with is actually helping our kids discover the gold inside of themselves. And we will always get compliments about our kids and they'll say, oh, your kids are so well-behaved. Man, they just, they seem confident in knowing these things. And can I just say, that's not anything necessarily that we did other than we were constantly mining through the dirt, <laughs> through the junk, <laughs> all the stuff in our kids that we were trying to pull out to get to the gold. And when we would see the gold in them, we would, we would, 
focus in on that, we'd say, man, no, we really see this. And I don't know how many times I've sat down with my youngest son, Josiah, and said, that's not who you are. This is who you are. This is who I see that you are. And I'm constantly pulling those pieces of gold out of him. Because the reality is, he doesn't see him a lot of times. Yeah. And the scriptures in Psalms 18, verse 35 say this, and it's talking about God being our, our shield, our victory. It says, you have given me your shield of victory. Our kids need to know, others around us need to know that, that God has a shield of victory. That means they win. It says this, that your right hand will support me and your help has made me great. Our kids and those around us, even our spouses, even our, our co-workers, even those around us, need to know that God is a shield of victory for us. Yes. That he's constantly going to be helping support us, and he's going to be pulling out the greatness that is inside of us Absolutely. because God wants to come to our rescue. He wants us to help discover our identity in him, to discover that, that, that there's gold inside of us. And so, so there's this failure in many ways that Joseph felt was a failure to provide stability. He would have felt like there was a failure to provide gifts, both him and Mary, both. But then also maybe there would have been a moment where they failed to provide safety and attention. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you could put your kids in a bubble? <laughs> yes. what, if, what if you could put what if you could put all your loved ones around you in a bubble to where nothing would ever harm them, nothing would ever happen, like no sickness would ever come after them, no financial difficulties. It would be great if we could just put the people we love in this bubble of safety and protection. I would love that for Jordan right now and like keep her in like a little time trap too because I don't want her to go off to college. So Kasha right now, <laughs> confession time is... is there's times where I'll come home and sh I will see her face and I'll say, what, what, why, have you been crying? And she'll say, yes. For hours. And I'll say, how long? And she'll say, <laughs> for hours. And I'll say, well, what have you been crying about? She's like, Jordan's going off to school. <laughs> and here's the thing I don't know. I don't know if she's crying because she's going to be stuck with me and the boys. <laughs> Or if she's crying because she's going to miss Jordan, I think it's a mixture of both. Yeah, she's my girl. She is I'm your gonna girl. I'm going to miss her. And so Kasha's trying to process through all that, and so there are times where she's like, man, I, I just wish. And so when mm. Jordan's talking maybe about going down to Southeastern, which is in Florida, to Bible college down there and, and doing nursing and all that, there are times where I just go, that's, that's a, a long, long way. way away. Yes. And yet— if that's where God's calling her, that's where the gifts will continue to be mine, then, then we'll support mm -hmm. that. But I can only imagine for Joseph how he would have felt just in these early stages. Think about it. He's, he's there to prepare for the census. The city's busy. He's struggling to provide stability. Now Jesus has been born. There's really no gifts that have been given. And now he's supposed to provide safety and attention. Attention to Mary, attention to Jesus, but also safety. Now there's these shepherds running around town. They're telling everybody, hey, the king has been born. There's no privacy anymore. I mean, Joseph is probably trying to figure out how to make sense of things that are going on. He's trying to, to have the attention of a caring and loving father and yet feels divided. And Mary, what I'm sure, was like trying to be completely focused on Jesus and taking care of the baby. But then she has this battle in her mind of, oh, Joseph is with me too, and I need to kind of be paying attention. And then 
they have to go because on the eighth day, Jesus was to be circumcised. So they had this another journey after she had just had a baby and they had to travel six miles after having a baby. Do you get that? Totally. After having a baby. That'd be really tough. There wasn't no jumping in the car with the air conditioning and let's be there in like two minutes. Like she had to walk there after having a baby. I remember when the doctors were trying to get you to get up and walk. Yeah, the nurses come in like, oh, honey, you just need to get up and walk. You'll feel better. Just walk down the hallway. Yep. Are you kidding me? No, I don't want to do anything. Nope, you didn't. (laughs) But you know what? Through all that, she had to trust Joseph. You know, I think for many of us, trust is really where things begin to break down. Do we trust God? Do we trust others in our lives? I mean, I know as a man in my home, like, it can be hard during this season right now because I'm constantly feeling like my job is to provide. I'm the guy. I'm the man in the relationship. I'm the head of the household. I'm the one that rules over you. (laughs) Even though there's contrary moments to each other. Hostile encounters. Opposition sometimes. (laughs) But yet, in a way, I feel the stress, the mm-hmm. pressure of providing. And in, in this season, it, like it's hard sometimes to provide that safety. There are so many times where I, my safety for my daughter when she's mm-hmm. out there driving is I have to pray protection over her. So the other night I come home and <laughs> Kasha calls me just to prepare me and and Jordan had decided, our, our driveway is really steep going up into our house, and um, I need to put new tires on the car that she drives a lot. But I normally drive it all the time, and, and I'm like, ah, it's, I can hold. But So she goes and she parks up on the hill, <laughs> and instead of parking at the bottom where it, before it starts to go up, she goes and parks up here on it. She parks right on the hill after it's snowed. She gets out of the car, and as she goes to... Sh- she shuts the door. She opens up the back door to get her backpack out, and the car starts sliding. <laughs> and she's like, oh, no! And, and the car goes The car slides the right ditch. off into the ditch. <laughs> and so... And she's I like, get, Mom, the car's in the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, as I'm driving home, and, and praise God for farmers in the church like John Weedmeyer, who's always prepared you, the man. He's like, I got a strap in my car. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And so he gives it to me and I end up pulling her out. But as I'm driving there, here's what's going through my mind. I want to be angry. I, w- I want to be mad in that moment. But then my mind goes to, wait a minute, what good is it going to do to be mad? And then my mind goes to, man, praise God, she's safe. Mm-hmm. Now, you may say, really? Why didn't your mind think, is she safe first? <laughs> well, because I knew she was safe. So, the, you know, the, mm. like my mind processes through that that way. And then I just started thinking about, I didn't provide her with the right tool. I knew the tires were bad. I knew that they needed to be replaced. I knew that I've been trying to get as much out of them as I can. Um, <laughs> I didn't provide her with the right stuff. In a way, I felt like I had failed to provide. So really, by the time I got there, she's like, I'm so sorry, Dad. I'm so sorry. I, I, it wasn't, my, I, you know, and she's saying, all this, I'm like, it's okay. It's all right. I just need you to come outside with me and we'll get it out. Because it wasn't really her fault. It was my fault. I, I was the one who had 
failed to provide in that moment. And I think in our lives, there are moments that we'll face all the time where we feel like we're failing to provide. But I love the scriptures because in the scriptures, we always see this encouragement to us. And the encouragement goes past our own natural ability to provide. In fact, in the scripture, it says, in Deuteronomy 31, 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Listen, God has not left you. He's not going to leave you. He's going to walk through every season with you. He's going to walk through those things. And, and what happened in Joseph and Mary's life is, is they remembered that they weren't alone. They remembered that in the midst of everything, Jesus was there with them. Like mm -hmm. the Father had proclaimed it. Everything was happening. They were simply going to be servants to the Master's plan. And that's the good news is that by ourselves, we can fail to provide, but God's strength is the strength that actually helps us. Yeah, and the psalmist says in Psalm 37, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of our lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Now that's good news, right? He delights in every little detail of our lives. And he's there every step of the way. So he is our stability. He's, I mean, like literally, Jesus is our gift. He's the very thing that you and I needed in our lives to be able to continue to press forward. He provided the safety and the attention in our lives. The Christmas story starts way back in Genesis when God created he was our ultimate provider. He created everything. He provided everything for us. He provides. Jesus is the answer for our provision. So here's a thought. What dirt has gotten in the way in our lives? What are some of the things that maybe this Christmas season were more focused on the dirt that needs to be removed than looking to the gold that's there? I mean, the gold that God gives us is God gives us stability. Mm -hmm. God gave us the greatest gift ever, Jesus. God has given us the safety and the attention of a loving father who, who's concerned with every detail of our lives. See, I don't know why you came in today. I, I, here's, here's what I would say. I, I think some of us came in today, you, you're like, man, I haven't been to church in a while. I'm going to come in, check it out. But here's what I want you to know. God knew you were going to be here. And he is so crazy madly in love with you that he's like, man, I've got a gift for you. Mm -hmm. The only thing you have to do is receive it. That's the beauty of the gospel is that there are so many times where we struggle to provide. We, we get caught up in the season. I got to provide this. I got to do this. I got to do that. But yet God is saying to you and I, listen, I've already provided everything. The way I've always designed life to be is for you to have your needs met through relationship with me. There's something about perspective that changes everything. When you begin to realize that God's your provider and the pressure begins to come off of you, you start, start thinking, well, I could figure this out. I could do this. I can do that. Because on our own, we'll struggle to provide. On our own, we'll, we'll struggle with the moments that we face. But when we turn to Jesus, he takes care of everything. Yeah, the fall exposed our need for provision. 
The Christmas story is really about how much God loves us. God desires to provide for us. The greatest gift he provided is a personal relationship with the Father. And today, that's what we hope that you'll grab out of the message. Yeah, you may feel like you're failing to provide in different ways, but just remember this. God's already provided all of it. He's provided everything we need. The question is, is will you receive it? The Christmas story is about how Jesus left heaven itself to be our provision, to be set free from sin. He lived a sinless life. Then he dies on the cross. Then he raises from the dead. Like, and now the Father still is, is making intercession. Like Jesus is still actively involved in your life and in my life. And I, and I know sometimes for some of us, it's like, come on, Pastor B, seriously, God, like he loves me. Like he's, he's, he wants to be involved in my life. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, Kasha and I have experienced it. You know how we've made it through 20 years of marriage, even though there's been moments where there's been a lot of contrary happening? <laughs> it's because we've always put God at the center of our marriage. We're not perfect. We never have been. But if we'll put God at the center of our marriage and we say, God, you're the focus, you're the, you're the center of everything, then what happens is, is even when we're contrary, even when these stupid things from the fall still come in, even moments where I feel like I'm not providing, even moments where she feels like, man, we don't have the right gifts to give our kids. We don't have the right stability. We don't, we can't, I can't give my kids the attention that they need. I, I can't provide for them the safety they need. Even in the midst of all of that, if we'll put God at the center of our marriage, of our home, of our relationship, then what happens? happens is, is God comes in and says, I got it. I've got it. I have provided everything you need. The question is, is will you make him Lord? Will you allow him to be Lord of your life? Will you, will you allow yourself to, to go from just knowing who he is to actually becoming a part of his family? And so here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask if all across the room, if you could bow your heads and close your eyes across the room. Earlier as we were worshiping and Pastor Casey was feeling like there was a moment he kind of began praying a prayer about God loving someone and I really have felt the whole way throughout this entire gathering today like that God wants some really wants all of us to know that we're loved see all that condemnation all those things that you've done wrong that keep being brought up in your mind right now how could God love you you've done xyz God is saying, I'm greater than all those things. Even though you feel like maybe you've walked away from God, maybe you feel like, like you're far from him right now, God is reaching out to you and he's saying, listen, I am crazy madly in love with you like I was back then, I am right now. I desire to have a relationship with you. And maybe today you find yourself far from him. 
Maybe you find yourself in a moment where you've never stepped into a relationship with him, and today would be a moment where you would take that step. Maybe for others, it's, it's a moment where you've, it's been a while, like, if you were to describe your relationship with him, you'd say, man, it feels non-existent. And God right now is saying, will you receive the gift? I've I've provided everything. The Christmas story is about provision. It's a provision of Jesus leaving heaven and coming to earth so you could have relationship with the Father. So I've asked you to bow your heads and close your eyes just because this is a moment with you and God. And here's what I'm going to ask. Across this room, there have been individuals who you remember the moment when you gave your life to Christ. You remember the moment when you said, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. And if that's you today, you remember the moment You remember the moment when you said, Jesus, come into my life, change me, forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. If you remember that moment, would you just real quickly just raise your hand? You remember that moment. You can put your hands back down. Maybe today there would be some who you couldn't raise your hand because you can't remember that moment. I know how to pray a real simple prayer with you that I believe will will start you on that journey God is here in this place and wants to meet with you right where you are. He's crazy madly in love with you. He desires to give you a personal relationship with the Father. More than religion, more than just knowledge, he desires for you to know who he is, to be a part of his family. And if you want to be able to say, man, I I want that relationship with God. If that's you, would you just real quickly, you just raise your hand, you just say, that's me. I need that relationship with God. Like, that's me. Today, this is my day. This is my moment. This is my time for me to accept. So, Father, across this room are individuals who are are here today. And, God, the reason they're here, God, is, is they're just trying to take one step closer with you. So I pray, God, that today you would do something inside of us that would allow us to take that next step. God, in many ways, we can feel like we failed to provide. But Father, ultimately, you're the provision. Ultimately, you're the one that's provided everything we need. So I pray, God, that you'll help us. God, help us to realize you've provided the stability. Help us to realize that you've provided the ultimate gift. God, help us to realize that you've provided the safety and the attention that we need. And I pray, God, that this Christmas season, God, that we will be individuals that will continue to take one step closer to you in everything we say and in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen.